There is one thing we all have in common. It happens the day we are born. That first breath of air means there's a last. And that truth unites us, makes us the same. So, tell me the point in making those in-between breaths any harder for each other than they already are. Welcome to the Subtext Podcast. My name is Brian James Polak. This episode of the Subtext features the great Charlie Yvonne Simpson. Before we get to Charlie, I want to cover a little podcast housekeeping. I'm quickly approaching the end of the sixth year of this podcast under the American Theatre Magazine umbrella. If you measure that in podcast years, that means we are like 50 years old. There are a couple years worth of episodes that predate our time with American theater. That, that is 25 episodes that are, at the moment, nowhere to be found. However, I'm giving myself a goal, and I'm saying it here in this space to sort of etch it into stone or audio stone. My goal is to get that archive posted somewhere by the end of 2023, by the end of the year we're in right now. There are so many incredible episodes from that 2015 to 2017 time period. Madri Shekhar, Luis Alfaro, Carla Ching, Larissa Fasthorst, John Polono, Zakia Alexander, Alina Smith from before she created that awesome uh, Dickinson series. And there are so many others. The first 25 episodes from when I was but a podcast baby just trying to figure out how to have a natural conversation with people. These great episodes will be available soon, so keep your ears open for them. Did you know you can reach out to the subtext if you have anything to say or ask? It's true, it's true. We have a voicemail, and you can call and leave a message. The number is 505-302-1235. And we have an email address if you want to shoot a message that way. It's the subtext podcast at gmail.com. I love notes and messages and all that stuff, so please keep in touch. I mentioned this episode features Charlie Yvonne Simpson, right? Charlie's a phenomenal playwright. Her plays include Jump, Behind the Sheet, From a Girl Unknown, It's Not a Trip, It's a Journey, Sandblasted, and more. Her work has been seen and or developed with a gazillion places all over the country. Charlie was named the 2019-20 recipient of the Paula Vogel Playwriting Award from the Vineyard Theater. She's the co-recipient of the Dramatist Guild's Lanford Wilson Award, was nominated for the Outer Critics Circle's John Gassner Award, and had two of her plays on the 2019 Kilroy's list. Charlie also writes for TV and film. She has worked for HBO, working on the second season of Industry, a show I love, as well as other projects. And before that, she worked on Showtime's American Rust. She has so many incredible credits, you should visit her website and read about all of them, charlieyvonsimpson.com. Charlie and I spoke 
in the summer of 2023 at this dope coffee shop in Brooklyn called Principles. She was something like eight months pregnant at the time, and it was 12 billion degrees outside. But you'd never know it because Charlie's a badass. I, however, was melting and ready to slither into a storm drain. Here is my chat with the great Charlie Yvonne Simpson. I tried to connect with you yes. on one of these New York trips. I don't know if you remember. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, didn't work out. I think you were traveling. Probably. You weren't in the city at the time. Yeah. And my want is always to try to do these in person, mm-hmm. um, but they don't always work out that way. And sometimes I rely on Zoom. So now it's like because of, especially because of COVID, COVID, it's like right. 50% Zoom, 50% in person. So I've been like waiting <laughs> to reconnect with you and do it the in-person way. And so anyway, I'm glad that it's finally happened. Yes. That we're here right chatting. Here. There's no no travel. Well, there is travel, but yeah, mostly just been here <laughs> for a long time. Is this your neighborhood? It is. I live uh, like three blocks up that way. Yeah. Yeah. How long have you lived here? Um, I've lived in this area. For actually a year and a half. I lived further up. Um, so we're in Gowanus now. I lived in like uh, Park Slope proper. Um, I moved like two months before the pandemic. So my whole pandemic was like in Park Slope. And yeah. then I like moved a few blocks to Gowanus. <laughs> yeah. Are you a New Yorker? I was born in Queens, but like mostly raised in like Northern Jersey. Okay. So I'm like one of those jerks that's like, I'm from New York. And they're like, where? And I'm like, New Jersey. Jersey. <laughs> Um, but you were born in Queens. I was born in Queens. I was like, so I'm born got... in Flushing. Like, I really, like, I spent, like, three years in the New York area before yeah. my family was like, Jersey. Yeah. You know? Your DNA was initiated. I try. Right? I try. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, but this is, like, you know, my, my, uh, my dad, like, works at Midtown. My mom often works in the city. Like, so this does feel like home in the broadest yeah. of senses. Yeah. I yeah. flew into Newark for the first time coming in to the city and uh so i experienced a little bit of that like that curtain between mm-hmm. that you have to cry you have to <laughs> somehow get through it between new jersey and new york and um my f- my flight from i flew from madison wisconsin mm-hmm. and i think my flight to newark was quicker than my trip from newark oh 100 to midtown yeah 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, it was fun. I was like, oh, yeah, I've been, you know, I, I've lived in cities for most of my life. But the past couple of years I've been in Madison, which is a sm- I'm not sure if you've ever been there, but I it's it's a uh, it's not a big city. It's very, very small. Yeah. And uh, so that's been the past two years. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is city. It's right. That's what it's like. <laughs> yes. I used to say, like, I grew up in the part of Jersey where. If there was no traffic, I could get into New York City in like 10 minutes. Right. But if there's traffic, it could be two hours. Like, right. you know, like you just don't. But you who's just don't coming know. to the city at 2.30 in the morning? <laughs> Exa- I mean, right, right. Right. Exactly. Like now it's like if I go visit my parents, it's like, okay, <laughs> the trip back is going to yeah. be a, a hike. No was the city what. a big part of your life when you were a kid? Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think, I know, it wasn't like... Um, wasn't like a special thing you know it wasn't like oh we're going to the city and like that's a big deal you know um but 
it was like it was where my my dad always worked where my mom was some way you know sometimes working mm-hmm. you know it was like not unusual I feel like my mom and I especially growing up we just like did like random little trips so she'd like be like I just want to go to housing works in New York City to like the thrift shop right mm-hmm. so like we would drive in and like that's what we would do you yeah. know um but it wasn't like um yeah it didn't feel special but on the flip side like you know um I remember being like 13 and being like yo I'm like interested in theater and then New York City is right there and right, you'll yeah. never take me to right. anything and then being like oh yeah <laughs> did your you know? love of theater was that known in the family when you were 13 it was maybe newer it was newer around then I was right that was like when I think theater itself became a thing I was definitely like a loved movies, loved writing, kind of loved everything around it. And then I went to, I'd done like some theater, like in elementary school. I was like the narrator because I could memorize. So like that was my job. Um, But it wasn't until I was about 13 that like I was in my like first play. And that was when I was like, oh, a play is like a movie. (laughs) Yeah. But like in front of you, fascinating. Um, (laughs) And that's when I was sort of like, family hello there's this whole thing called broadway that i hear about that you know you should take me to maybe Did you have anybody to help you help you contextualize what that what the your first theater experience really was all about like the watching of it or the like no, the being, being in it being part of it i asked because yeah. my first theater experience was when i was like seven and uh i played the sun uh-huh, uh-huh. in a thing yep and uh, I had no context for what this was. It was just like put on these yellow tights and this cardboard thing, stand up there right. and speak when we point at you. And it was weird and uncomfortable, and I got made fun of for wearing tights. <laughs> right. So, right. like, I thought that's what performance was. was. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, it yeah. like, wasn't contextualized. So, I, like, I wonder about others' that's experiences around their first experience. So, I, I guess if I like, then I feel like I have to go back a little bit and like. Um, I went to like a hoity-toity private school and in fifth grade like we wrote the fifth grade would like write and put on and like produce its own opera mm-hmm. um, and you had to like apply for different roles and stuff in that and just to show like I feel like how different I was you know like what at 11 mm-hmm. I applied for anything that was like not a part of like the, I mean, it's all creative, but like it was not like the ultimate creative process. Like it was like, like there was no writing, there was no acting. Like I wanted to be like either the stage manager, the production manager, like somebody with like the organizational skills. Right. Um, and to me, I thought like the power. So like I, I was like made production manager and that meant that I got to like, you know, tell everyone to like essentially be quiet before rehearsals and like call about <laughs> lumber to parents um, and so that to me <laughs> was like, I guess my like introduction into like the theater mm-hmm. world was like, was actually like this, uh, you know, how to make it all work behind the scenes mm-hmm. was like my introduction to it. And like, I honestly can't even tell you what people did on stage. Like I kind of remember the lights. I kind of remember the stage. Don't remember anything about what people did on the stage. Um, or even what the opera really was about. But, like, that was sort of my introduction to it. And, like, what made me then 
two years ago or two years later, like audition. Like, I don't know. Like, I honestly am not know why, like I was at camp and I'm like, I'm an audition for this play. Um, Cause that was so not me at the time. I was mm. like, no, being the person behind the scenes makes far more sense than being the person in front. Um, but to your sort of point, like my first role that wasn't like narrator was uh, Snout the Tinker in A Midsummer Night's Dream. And in the like cut version of it, I had like seven lines and I got to be the wall. So at some point, like I'm like the wall and the play and the play. Mm-hmm. And like that was sort of my like introduction into like this is what performance is. But I, but I think the big thing for me was I think I made someone laugh. Ah. And that like was like a whole, I don't think of myself as like a funny person even now. Um, at any time, even now is a play. If somebody laughs at something I write, I'm like, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like really? Um, and I, I think that was sort of my like moment of like, oh, interesting. There's something to that feeling. And then that like fall, my, middle school was also doing a Midsummer Night's Dream and my uh, ability to memorize came in handy because when I auditioned I like like knew a lot of the roles and like knew a lot of the lines mm-hmm. and like then was like you know Titania or Titania right. um, you know and kind of like moved up from there but like that was sort of it was it was the the humor part I think that really got me I love how Midsummer is one of those like middle school plays I never that because I wasn't involved in theater uh, at that age. Yeah, I, all I knew of Shakespeare was there was a Romeo and Juliet, oh, right. and that's right. that's all I knew. And I think in fifth grade, maybe the school was taken to a production mm-hmm, of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I love that we foist Shakespeare play on young yeah. folks as like the introduction. So this is what theater <laughs> yeah. is. Yes. Here's a whole play full of language. You have no idea what they're nope. saying. Nope. Right? Do they? So I remember when uh, I have sisters that are uh, several years younger than me. So we're basically like different generations. Right. Right. But I remember one of them was in a production of Midsummer, uh-huh. and by that point, I was involved in theater and, right. and and performance and all of that. And I started to. That's when I started. I was like. <laughs> Lindsay's doing Midsummer. Does she have any idea what's going on? Like, did your school no. like can like contextualize like, the play? Did you like explore what anything you um, meant? Yeah, I do. The 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 story I have about that is I distinctly remember. It's like the first scene between Oberon and Titania, and Titania goes like, uh, "Oh God!" There's like the first part of it, but it's the last part is I have forsworn your bed and company. And I remember the director being like, do you know what that means? And me being like, no. And he'd been like, you won't sleep with him. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and, like, and like this whole idea of like, and them actually, you know, like, I don't know, kudos maybe, or I don't even know if that would, this conversation would be allowed now in some schools, but like was very honest about like this whole scene is really about like Oberon being upset you're not giving it to him right, and you right. like being like, well, here are my rules <laughs> yeah. and you broke them, you know? Um, and that was like, 
but yeah, like I, well, clearly I made an impression because I, I can I can see where I was standing and where Oberon was standing. He was older. He was eighth grader. I was seventh grader. Yeah, it was scary. Um, and having that conversation, but like, you know, uh, I don't necessarily know or remember if like the rest of the play was, you know, like like this. Like I feel like very much like those scenes. Um, that I was in, I was like, had a good understanding of and made sure that like, we understood that. But like, what was happening with everybody else? I don't even know if I I know. Cared. Uh, I, uh, at that point, at, when I was in like, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, uh, just learning about sex. Yeah. I was a very typical uptight New Englander, right? <laughs> like, I wouldn't have been able to handle that. Yeah. Like, yeah, if, yeah. If, if, uh, if I was in that play and the director told me what that scene was about I think my my eyes would bug out of my head my head would explode uh, I'd have to be carted away right. like I don't think I'd know what to do with myself I honestly I honestly thought I, I think there was like there was a lot of like stay cool stay cool because like the 8th graders <laughs> like, they're, like they're fine they're adults you. you know yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, think, I think that was a lot a lot of it because I feel like a lot of the like characters I was the, or the the my fellow actors that I was in the my scenes with were older, so I think I, that that was helped. Well, I don't know if it helped, but it felt like I had to pretend like I was. Oh, cool, great, yeah, I won't sleep with him. That makes sense. No I know exactly deal. what that yeah. means. Yeah. You know, um, you know, uh, but I, I mean, now that I think about it, I'm like, I feel like that was a lot of my middle school life was being like, yeah, no, that, yeah, that sure, sure, I understand that. Yeah, I, yeah, no. I mean, I haven't done it, but yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I do feel like that was very much in line with like me trying to pretend I was far more comfortable with anything <laughs> than yeah. I probably was. Yeah. Have you have you ever seen the movie Eighth Grade? No, but I've I've heard a lot about it. The 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 central character in that movie plays that yeah very well. well. Like, oh yeah, sure, sure, and not having really a clue what is being discussed <laughs> around them. Uh, you know, even though I watched that movie as like a forty-something-year-old right. person, I was immediately back in middle school, yeah. See, mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. was just like cringing along with them. Ugh. Yeah, I that's. Could, I felt it. I can't. Um, my husband laughs at me because I, I like physically can't sit through things like that. Like yeah. any, um, like the TV show, like Never Have I Ever, which yeah. is like a great show, but there are these like cringy, awkward like high school moments yeah. and I literally get up and walk out of the room and he's like, what are you doing? I was like, I can't, I was like, I can't, I know. Like I just like, can't live with it. It's too awkward. It's like too cringy. I feel for her. I can't, I can't yeah. do it. So, um, my, my habit is to either, either try to watch those things myself so I can, uh, pause at any time or just avoid them. Completely. Yeah. How do you feel about being, uh, vulnerable yourself? What I feel like I've learned as an adult is I think I thought I was far more um, open and vulnerable. I thought I was like, I'm a person that will talk about pretty much anything. Like, da 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 da. And when I feel like becoming older and like working with therapists, uh, is that I've learned to actually, I'm not as good at it as I thought, or like, I'm not. I'm totally open talking about the things that uh, may seem like I'm being vulnerable, mm-hmm. but like actually isn't penetrating anything. Like it's not penetrating my armor in any way. Mm-hmm. And that like, there's like, 
a pile of stuff under that that uh, is very hard to crack, which I just didn't sort of realize until yeah. like I was like, oh wait, there's all this other stuff that like I actually don't want to talk to anybody about. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> you're not actually. Uh, the things that, w- that would make me probably the most vulnerable to say or to do, I don't do. Yeah. But I, I can get away with seeming uh, more vulnerable than I think I am. Honestly. I, yeah. I, can, I find myself very, oh, probably too comfortable in the vulnerability. Yeah. And uh, sometimes, and it, sometimes it comes, it comes through in this thing, in the subtext yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, I worry that because I'm so comfortable in it that it just comes and and I'm I worry that it will be interpreted as performative right. vulnerability mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's certainly like not what I'm doing it's just like a comfort zone for me so I just slide into vulnerability re- really easily um, so I lately like the past couple years I've started to really measure it out in yeah. some way like uh do i want like am i being too vulnerable am i being vulnerable too much too often um and uh and i don't think anybody cares nobody's giving me any feedback <laughs> right right, this is right. All, that's for you yeah it's all my own totally sort of like internal internal loop uh much like when we write a play before we get any feedback we're we're like asking ourselves all these questions and measuring 100%. ourselves in that way um so, uh, but I was, uh, I, I found myself cringing at myself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yes. And, and, uh, there were times where I'm like, I'm okay with that because it's honest. I'm being, right. I'm being honest and people will cringe. But lately I'm just like, I don't, I've learned about cringe culture. Like mm. I'm old. So I'm like, it takes me a minute to get to what's happening in the culture. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. And I've started to learn about cringe <laughs> and how folks are like very turned off by like cr- things that make them cringe and it gives like yeah. a physical reaction and i'm like ah oh, might be so now i'm thinking oh but that's am i being cringy through in my vulnerability so should i skip past this no i mean i'll i would say this i think i cringe not at vulnerability i cringe at like middle school awkwardness mm-hmm. and it's because it's too real <laughs> and maybe i have memory like something is happening in my body, I don't. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure. I sh- you know. I never say never. Like, I'm sure I probably cringed at someone, like just telling everything and being like, "Should you be doing that?" Uh, yeah, you know. Like, but like TMI. Right, but I don't feel like I cringe. Honestly, I don't. I don't feel like I, I, I cringe at someone when it seems like someone is being vulnerable and open. And sharing, like, like yeah. that feels um, helpful and honest. I, I, th- I think I do find it to yeah. be helpful and honest. But I will say I do get, like, your response. I used to be, like, a, like an avid blogger mm-hmm. back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I really had no problem being like, I'm having the worst time of my life, friends. Like, here you right. go. Um, and would sometimes have the, like, hangover the next day of, like, should I delete that should I do you know um and slowly but surely as I began to write more and people came to my website more quite frankly I was like oh nope deleting this um 
you know, uh, please don't try to find it um, <laughs> uh, if it still exists in the world. But um, but I so I, I get that, and I and I do feel that way now because I do feel like I sometimes will share or you know overshare even um, uh, about what's going on in my life, and I, I there's always a moment of like should I not do that? Mm -hmm. But I do feel like I'm being open and honest and vulnerable and like actually just like kind of putting it out there. Cause I'm like, everything is not going to the beach and yeah. Yeah. All of that. But, um, but I don't know. And I, and I do think I'm like in a current place of like questioning how much I, you know, want to share it all. Um, as as social media goes down a dark <laughs> further right. dark path every time, but but uh, I also think yeah. about this in terms of uh, the plays, right? Like I will I will write a play, you know. It's none of it is autobiographical, and a hundred percent of it is autobiographical, right? It's hundred like, percent, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's all on both sides yep. of that, and I love I love to. Uh, you know, whatever, write the play, finish the play, it's being presented now. And then starting, and then think about the thing I wrote through the different lenses of people in my life. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. what's my mom going to think about this? What's my mother-in-law going to think? What's yep. my wife going to think? Like, a friend who isn't, has no involvement in theater, and they're going to see it. They don't have any sort of theatrical context to bring to it. So what's their experience of this totally. story going to be? Uh, and I don't ever, like... I don't ever question myself for the work, but I love, I actually just love it as like a thought exercise. Um, do you ever do that? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 yes, because I, I feel very similarly where like, I'm like, this play is not about me at all, except of course it's all about me. But mm. there are a few that are like, no, this is really about me. <laughs> um, and there's one recently that got done. Um, with some, with some college students they were like asking me questions about it and it was the first time because I think I'm usually like you where I'm sort of like different lenses and I'm like there's only like three people in the world who would like read this play and know that like the that scene pretty yeah. much really happened right, <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. Um, but it was like when I was then talking with these college students who were asking why these scenes are happening and da 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 I just had this like moment where I was like oh god like I was like guys this is a play about like my college boyfriend (laughs) and let this be a lesson to you to never write it like this (laughs) so that you're never sitting on a zoom with college kids basically being like I don't know my college boyfriend did that so I put it in the play (laughs) um and that was like the moment where I was like this is too much (laughs) yeah don't like you know it was like a, a play I wrote years ago and never like it hadn't really like had a life and I'm like I'm glad that it has a life but at the same time I was like this let this be a lesson to me to like hide hide the details or something and yeah. and because uh, now I, like I couldn't I couldn't find a way to talk about it without being super honest about the fact that of like no there's no really good writer reason why right that exists except for the fact that like that reminds me yeah. of like every single talk back <laughs> right where a question's asked <laughs> and you're calculating what do I actually want to say yep. in this context yep. in this crowd. Do I get into it? What's the surface level response to just get to the next question? <laughs> exactly. And I feel like I was working that. And at some point I was like, y'all, it just, I like this happened when I was your age and in college. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, 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 that's, that's, 
that's what it is. I put some like creative theatrical elements there and like hopefully tell a play, like tell a story that is interesting, but like, you know, uh, yeah. Like, and I just, I couldn't, there was no way to get out of the questions without sort of owning up to that. Um, oh, and several of those students <sighs> listening to you speak are like, okay, now I know. <laughs> I've, uh, <laughs> X, Y, and Z has happened to me and that's going to be my next play. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, like, hope, I hope, you know, like I have to say like that play, like I feel like that play like helped me in life in some ways. Like I feel like I don't, I don't know if I won anything with it or something, but like it, like definitely like, like I'm glad that play exists. So I'm yeah. like, write that play, but also like, be prepared to be mortified, um, you know, ten years later when you're talking about it. Yeah, so. I mean, the best we can do, right, is to just to do the best uh, we can with any given play, and if it if it ends up having a life in the world, like or being published, you right. just have to like own it even if you evolve years later uh that's true to who you were at that time right Mm -hmm. and you never know what somebody might stumble on 10 years from now if it's in print right yep yep i mean i think about that a lot actually because i think about i don't know if this is true for you but it's like publishing a play was like oh wow like one like maybe one day a play will be published and um and it's still like this magical thing anytime that it happens but then like you know like the play is published and like there's parts of me that like go and look at it and i'm like oh like i would i would change that scene now or like Mm -hmm. i'd have a caveat of like well i had to write the scene this way because of x y and z (laughs) Right, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, and this idea of like this is just now the play that is in the world, and like I had like a student in like India's. I don't. They're like writing a dissertation on something. I don't know, and they like came across one of my plays and was like, 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 oh, I'm using it in my dissertation. I'm like, it's you're using it in your dissertation. Like, what scene? Like, can we just make sure? Like, right, like, right, like, right. like, like, is it actually okay? Like, what like conclusions are you drawing? Um, <laughs> I and, have a revision. Right. Like, 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 I maybe would write it differently now. You know. Um, <laughs> you know. And and that was just like something I didn't know. Something a feeling I didn't know to anticipate or 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 have or to just like even just think about in terms of other folks' work of like here's this play I love by this playwright, but like. If I were to go sit down and talk with them, would they say, oh, God, scene three? Like When I was just starting out as a baby writer and basically reading plays for the first time, yeah. um, one of the very first full-length plays I read was Amadeus uh-huh. by Peter Schaefer. And the publication, that I, the published version I, have, I had was, it came out like, I don't know, 20 years or 25 years after... Like okay. the Broadway run. Okay. And so uh, there was a foreword by Peter Schaefer, and he talked about how he allowed the play to evolve, mm. even though it had already been made into a movie. Right, right, right. right. And, uh, and he revised it for that publication. And I, like just starting out, I was inspired yeah. by that. I was like, oh, the fluidity of work. Like it, it can be put in print. And but, but that doesn't need to be the end. If you have an opportunity, you can right. keep coming back to it. And I was just like, oh, that's fascinating. I love that. 
And so that's always been in my head all these years since right. about, uh, you know, when is something done? Right. And it's not, ne- and, and I, so I, I realized early on that it's never, ever done. We just stop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And even mm-hmm. the stop doesn't need to be permanent. Right. Right. If we choose, like we have the, as the playwright, we have the choice to just pick it up again. Right. 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 Tony Kirshner kind of did the same thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with angels. Yeah. You know, he came yeah, back yeah. and did some, some revisions. Yeah. But I, it's, it's funny cause I'm like, I'm like, yes. And then, and this is maybe different, but for some reason my brain is going to like the original star Wars films Yeah, and how oh, mad right. I was yes. when like they like came out and like the song at the end of return of the Jedi is not the song in the original return, you know, end of the return of the Jedi or like the, in like the cantina band is like different as well. Right. And I'm like, live it. Like I'm still upset because I'm like, I want the originals, you know? Um, but like, to your point, it's like, well, that was like, you know, George yeah. Lucas could do that, right? He was like, the creator. <laughs> I respect it. I, yeah. And I'm I don't s- agree. I don't agree. <laughs> but, but like, that's like, okay, you know, but it, uh, but yeah, but it's, 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 you know, I had, I hadn't sat here and been like, oh, right. You're like mad at George Lucas, but like, you're totally fine at like the idea of you like going and tinkering with something, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree with this conceptually. Yes. Right. <laughs> I'm just also upset right? because um, I really liked the original ending. It's fine. I want to go back to uh, uh, Titania. Yeah. So, so these are your early, early theater experiences. And I, I am curious how uh, your fledgling creative theater life. Yeah. Uh, how that related to like your family life. Are, the oh. only, are you the only like artistic person? No. Um, I don't think of myself as the only artistic person. I might, in my immediate family. Like when you were growing up, was there, was there sort of like a culture of arts in, in your family? But much more music. Yeah. Um, like my, um, my grandmother's father, like my great-grandfather was like uh, an important teacher and like conductor in Baltimore. Um, like led the like first like colored orchestra in Baltimore Mm. Um, and uh, that was my mom's mom and then like on my my dad has always been a very much like a very into jazz and like in another life probably would have been like a jazz musician you know Um, and so I feel like I grew up with this not necessarily like you should be a musician but like this like love and appreciation specifically for music Mm -hmm. um you know, like my grandmother would be like, go to church to listen to the pretty music, like forget everything else. Like, you know, um, and, um, my mom always like, she's like an event planner, but she's always sort of been like a creative person. Like they're like old drawings that she never finished or like, you know, crocheted projects that like were around the house. And, um, so it definitely did feel like the arts were like, a part of the foundation of everything, but like not necessarily like um, necessarily pushed on me. Like it wasn't like you're going to learn an instrument or you're going to do this art thing. It was like, I sort of um, was the nerd who like read all the time, you mm-hmm. know? And so um, that kind of became my path. Um, but I do think it was, I do think that like foundation was helpful because they never, 
and I'm sort of amazed that like my parents like were never like that's not practical <laughs> arts go be a doctor yeah. you know that yeah. was never you know my dad was sort of like you're never gonna make any money but go ahead like <laughs> you know like that was sort of the like the vibe you know yeah. um and this feeling of people in my family being like oh no no you do it we couldn't do it you go do it mm-hmm. you know um but yeah i was i was the one that was more like books and film and eventually theater yeah 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 when did the when did your impulses really coalesce around being a theater artist you know i think i think i kind of um I don't want to say rejected it for a while but I kind of was like this is a fun thing yeah that you do like you know like I did it obviously I started in middle school and then in high school um I continued doing it mostly because like I got like elected to like the theater boards you know again it was like doing the stuff that's behind the scenes was like kind of my thing you know um and I still would act and everything but like you know being president of like the drama club was like where my focus was and so like um I did stuff like that but I didn't like even going into college I was like I'm gonna major in like neuroscience (laughs) which was like a lot I mean I never took a science class at all like I (laughs) went to creative (laughs) writing and theater like duh Charlie like what were you thinking but like it was always something was never like something I think I fully thought I was going to do or be a part of in, in part because like I don't know. Theater is like a scary place and theater communities can be wonderful. And there also can be a little like, do I really fit into this space? And I like, yeah, was like president of the, you know, drama thing. But like, I still didn't necessarily feel like I was like your prototypical theater person. I still don't feel that way sometimes. Right. Um, and so I don't think I really let myself be like, you're going to go do this thing in the world. Um, you know, honestly, until my like mid twenties when it was like, my friend was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, that's clearly what you're going to do in the world, you know? But like, yeah, I mean, even when, when I was majoring it, I had a teacher would be like, um, cause I was acting more, you know, she's like, you look 12 <laughs> and you're always cast as moms, like real life acting may not go so well for you like yeah you should do something else and my response was like okay you know like i and i went to go try to do other things um it wasn't something at that time that i was i thought i I was gonna fight for or needed to be a part of or um yeah like writing always did but not specifically theater um what kind of writing? So like, like I like the journaling, um, like journaling. But I, I like in college, I like technically like focused on poetry and not playwriting. Um, although I, I don't, I never thought of myself as a good poet. Like it wasn't like I was like I'm gonna go be a poet either. <laughs> like I was like no, I don't think I'm a great poet. Um, you think the money's bad in yeah, theater? <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, really choosing them well, but no, but no poetry. And um, I mean, I still have a dream of writing a novel. Like that's still actually like my biggest dream mm-hmm. is having a novel in Barnes and Noble. <laughs> um, uh, just because I loved reading so much. I was like really like my dad, I, you know, was one of the few dads in history that was like, 
I think you read too much, you know? <laughs> like we had a fight on a vacation where he was like, put the book down. I think you <laughs> read too, too much. much. Um, like that was, uh, you know, oh. so, so that was sort of like I thought might be the place where my words might live if I ever, you know, sat down and did the thing. Um, and yet, you know, like I think in dialogue, you know, yeah. you know, like it's, it's kind of funny that I'm like, you want to write a novel? You don't like description. You don't want to have to describe anything. I know, <laughs> you yeah. Know? Um, but yeah, but I, I feel like it, it, it really took a lot of time. And even after sort of committing to being like, okay, I'm going to try this theater thing over and over again. Like, I remember I had like a mentor that was like, your, your job, like for this one year mentorship is to like actually believe you're a playwright. Like, it's not actually to work on your plates. It's, like, just for you to believe that you're a playwright because that's what your issue is. Mm. What was... So, when you were coming out of undergrad, yeah. like, like what, what trajectory were you... What were you thinking, thinking about life? Do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, you know, so I, like, I, I majored in, in theater and creative writing, but I wrote... Um, <clears throat> I wrote a thesis that was all about race, gender, um, and performance and, like, history. And... So I actually thought that there might be part of me that went back and got my PhD in, like, performance studies or even, like, American studies with a focus on performance um, and really kind of going a more academic Mm -hmm. route, Mm -hmm. you know? I always knew that I loved teaching, so I was sort of like, oh, I'll, 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 great, I'll do that and I'll become a teacher and I'll, you know, be, you know, Dr. Simpson, that'd be cool, Um, and sort of thought that that might be what I was going to do, so... Um, my plan right after undergrad was to actually go, I went and got a master's in women's studies because um, I've been looking at gender and performance, but I was like, let me look at it mm-hmm. straight up and then sort of decide what will come after that. Um, and I think even, you know, I said that part of me did think like maybe I would still try to act here or there. Like I, I still, not that I was like fully giving up like the performance aspect of it but I I did think that that might be what I was going to do and then I went and got that master's and I was like oh I don't want to be in a library for seven (laughs) years you know like like that's a nice idea yeah but I don't necessarily want to do that um and then um what did I do after that so I I uh worked as a full-time tutor and teaching assistant in a middle school um and thought that might be where my love of teaching would go. I love working with middle schoolers. And I was like, great, I'll go and I'll teach middle school English and like teach a Midsummer Night's Dream. Right, and right. And like, <clears throat> you know. Um, and what was, so what was your non-work life like? Like, like were, you, were you writing? Were you, what, like, what was, no, where were I you really living wasn't. at the time? So, so I got the, the, the master's I got in England. So I got to do like my like, like, I'm going to go abroad. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, you know, my life when I wasn't in class was like, I can take a train to this city. Bye. <laughs> you yeah. know? So like, so I did that for a year. And then um, when I came back, I moved back and I lived in Boston. And that's where I worked in the middle school. And, you know, I worked at like a charter school where, you know, I was there from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. and was talking with students after 6 p.m. Like there was no real time to do anything Mm -hmm. else Uh, Mm -hmm. I always joke like that was my my one year where like I actually went out every weekend to bars and like Mm -hmm. went dancing because I was like oh I completely get why people like do do that like you know um now you can't get me anywhere near that but um (laughs) you know but like I did that 
Um, and that job, um, I was always sort of asked to help get students back in the classroom. So if a student had been asked to leave the classroom because they were disruptive or something, I was one of the, the people that was good at talking with them and getting them back in. And I was asked if I potentially would want to stay on the following year and like that sort of be my job. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that is a social worker right. with real skills yeah. who knows how to do things, yeah. not a random 24-year-old <laughs> like who just knows maybe how to talk to people, you know? And so I, I was like, but I like that idea. Let me go do that. So I, I went and I started my master's of social work. Wow. Um, and I moved to Philly because that's where the degree program was. And I was in that program and, you know, you, at that, um, for that degree you're in class, but then you're also like working essentially two or three times a week. So I worked in a, um, a school with, uh, you know, uh, kids on, um, the autism spectrum and with emotional support needs. Um, and I was doing that and I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Um, when this like, is, you're like, this is my career. This is my career. Like that's yeah. what I thought I was going to do. Um, it felt right. I didn't have like, it wasn't like I was pining for something else. Like I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Um, that like after my first year, I was, um, working at a camp that was with this, that worked with the school. Um, and a friend of mine called me who'd gone to college with me and she was like, wait, what are we doing? Like she'd applied to, to law school, um, had gotten in, was deciding if she was going to go. And she was like, but weren't we going to be writers? Like, what are we doing? Um, and it was like a random Friday night that she called. Don't make to this day. I'm sort of like, why did you call? Um, because two hours later, she convinced me to take a semester off. She ended up going to law school um, for a semester, um, but she convinced me to take a semester off and finish a play. And so you're in your mid-20s at this point. Mm -hmm. You haven't been in theater or working on plays. Nope. She just remembered you as this person who was going to be doing this. She's a good friend of mine, but like I don't... I mean, and maybe we did talk about theater, but like I honestly... I don't know why she thought to call me but she did I love this yeah no and, and I, I, I talk about her all the time and I'd say I'm like every interview I have to mention you because yeah. I don't I don't know if I would be sitting yeah. in that interview without you you've got to you've got to honor that yeah because yeah, that's yeah. like a quintessential moment wow she said the right things and like I said she went to law school for a semester and I was then going to go back to school I was like okay I finished the play that was nice I'm going to go back to school and she called that December and was like, no, 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 I dropped out of law school. You can't go back. It was another two-hour conversation. And when I got off that conversation, I called my parents and was like, so I'm dropping out of my master's program. And worse yet, I was like, I'm going to do a yoga teacher training program <laughs> and um, try to write plays. <laughs> my parents were like, what is happening? <laughs> um, but to their credit, they were like, Okay. I mean, yeah. it's it's good that this friend was like pushing you to yeah. theater and writing yeah. plays and not something nefarious, mm. right? Like, yes. I'm very lucky to have <laughs> to have you people rob guiding some me banks the right and way. Then maybe Thelma and Louise right. are way across no. the country. <laughs> I'm very lucky that I always say 
I do feel like so much of my career has been like the right people in my life being like, you'd be an idiot not to do this. Yeah. Um, and me being like, okay. <laughs> um, multiple times that has happened. And I like, yeah, I just, I, I could, I, I don't think it would, I would ever be able to say, oh, I got here on my own. I'm like, right. no, the, the, the right people said the right thing at the right time. Yeah. And that's why I'm doing anything that I'm doing. I love that. How, so when you, when you took that time, that initial break to write that play, yeah. like when you were in that, were you like, oh, wow, yeah, this, like, what were you feeling? I mean, it was exciting. It was a play that I, like, started in undergrad. I started actually in a class with Paula Vogel. Oh, yeah. Uh, in, like, a bake-off class that she yeah. taught. So I had, like, 33 pages of this, like, weird-ass play. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt good to, to pull it out. It's probably probably the most disciplined I've ever been. Like I would go to like a there was like one particular coffee shop in in Maniunk, um that I would go and I would sit and I would try to get there by ten a.m. and I could leave once I wrote ten pages or something. Like I had like a so sometimes that meant an hour. Sometimes that meant I was there like all day. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it was, ten pages can be a lot. A lot, yeah. right? And or sometimes it's like. Whatever, you know, and maybe, yeah. it was, maybe it was five. Like, I don't know, but it was, it was some, right. I had to do something like that. Um, and it was fun. And it was fun to like, I think it was, it was not necessarily fun, but it was telling like, not that it didn't feel hard because every play is hard, but, but like the things that felt hard about it were like fun. <laughs> like the puzzle of mm-hmm. what is this play, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was great, but even in while finishing it, I did excuse me, I didn't think it was gonna like that was just an exercise to a certain extent of like, great, you did it. Now you can send it off and like you can, you know, tell your friend that you wrote the play. Yeah. If something happens, great. But it wasn't I didn't think I was doing something that like ultimately in in quite a few ways sort of changed my my path. Yeah. Yeah. But in retro, like you weren't feeling that in the moment you see it in <laughs> retrospect. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It's something that I definitely like feel like, like that play was actually the first like play of mine I saw on a stage. Mm. Like, um, cause I, I, I submitted it to this one competition that I didn't know anything about. Did not win that competition, but a director in that, who directed something else came up to me and was talking to me for like 10 minutes. And it took me 10 minutes to realize that she wanted to do my play. Mm. And I was like, Oh, what? This is a thing. And she was like, I want to submit it to the, the fringe festival in New York when we had that. Right. And, um, I was like, okay, sure. And then like a month later, she's like, we got it. <laughs> and like that, like, you know, uh, was like the first time that I, I think I could imagine, oh, this is what a playwright can do. You can write a thing and then it, someone takes it and they make it a thing on a stage that people see and that people yell at you about. A man was very upset with my play um, and cornered me after a performance once. And I was like, oh, this is a thing too. <laughs> you know, like, but it was like a play that I just like learned that, I was, that writing in a room by yourself may eventually lead to a moment in which you're not in a room by yourself. Mm. 
you know, and I didn't know if it was guaranteed to ever happen again, but like it gave me a taste. I, I knew what I, what was possible in a different way. I think, I think so many playwrights are introvert extroverts and that's why yeah. like we write alone and we want to write alone yes. in order to get into like a collaborative totally. environment and then go back and be alone again yeah. and then go back <laughs> and be like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, uh, one of my mentors was like, he's like, you're going to have a problem. And I was like, what? And he was like, he's like, if you ever get to a level of success that you like would want to, he's like, at some point they just do the play without you. <laughs> it's like, you're not in the room. Yeah. And you're, he's like, you're going to not like that part of it. Um, he's like, cause you like being in the room. Yeah. Um, and I think about it a lot as, as like, I like, you know, I'm not at a point where they're like, I get an email. I'm like, oh, we're doing your play. And I'm like, Oh, really? <laughs> Do you have questions? No. Okay. Yeah. Bye. You know, love to see it you know but like it's true I like I do I'm an introvert until you know a good workshop and then I'm like this is awesome yeah 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 so was was there a moment I mean this first production this fringe production Mm -hmm. maybe it but uh the, the point at which you realized, oh, I am a playwright and this is, this is how I identify, this is what I do now? No. The short answer is no. Um, that, like, year of, like, mentorship where, the, where my mentor was like, that is your job, I think came a year or two later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and honestly, I don't know if I really absorbed it until I went to grad school. Like, I moved, so I was living in Philly, and I moved back to New York, um, and that's when, like, I began to meet a lot of other people who were, like, playwrights and, like, doing the thing, mm-hmm. and, like, was in, like, you know, got into a writer's group with some of them, or was like, oh, okay, um, and so I feel like that year, and then, like, my years in grad school were, like, the times when, like, quite frankly, other people thought of me as a playwright. And I kind of had to be like, okay, if you say so, like, <laughs> cool. You know, you think of me as a person who understands these things on a page. Awesome. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think that kind of had made me, like, forced me to, like, step into it. But I think, um, yeah, even after that fringe experience, I remember my, my dad being like, like enjoy it like it may never happen again and he didn't mean it in like a mean right, way but right. it was just it was like a truly like you don't know right you know? be in the moment right yeah um you know and then i went back and i was uh teaching yoga and i was an assistant manager at lululemon like that was my job yoga mm-hmm. pants you know um and even though i was writing stuff it, 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 it didn't feel like i don't know if i was somebody who would have said you know, oh, I'm a playwright. I'm just like, my day job is X, Y, or Z. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, or if I said it, I didn't know if I believed it. I was saying it because I wanted to believe it. Did that moment ever come? Are you, or are you still? <laughs> Am I still like, uh, no, I think it, I think it, I think it does. I think it has, but I still, I still feel like someone who is like, cosplaying as a playwright you know what I mean like I still like feel like there's some part of it 
then I'm like, oh, real playwrights do this, and I don't do that. But I don't even know what that is. But like, I, I do feel like, um, you know, it's weird when I walk into teach a class and I'm like supposed to be the one who knows about playwriting. Like right. that still feels wrong. Right. You know. Um, yeah, but I but I I think I've just come to terms with it. Like, I'm always gonna feel that way. Because yeah. writing, you know, you're talking about vulnerability earlier. Like writing feels like one of the most vulnerable things that I do. And if, you know, you know, the first reviews that ever say bad, don't do it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you uh-huh. know, like I'm still that, like, uh, I'm still that person. I'm still that, like, oh no, am I doing this right? You know, um, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but it, but yeah, it just, it doesn't feel like I, I feel like I say I'm a playwright because that's what I'm supposed to say. Cause I don't, I'm like, I do that or like write for TV now. Like I don't do very, like, like I don't have another job to say, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. I don't know. But do do you, do you feel like, do you, do you own it? I do. do I do own it. And uh, I have like I don't know if they're deep psychological reasons for it, but they are definitely like they speak to my psychology. Yeah. Which uh, I when I was developing as a uh, as an adult, so yeah. coming up through undergrad and into my into my twenties, I uh, didn't do anything. I didn't have hobbies. I wasn't good at anything. Mm-hmm. I went to college and got a degree, but it, I was just like making friends. Like I was, mm-hmm. a, I w- was making as many friends as I could and just having fun with life and then graduating and then having existential crises <laughs> right. and being like, what is life? Right. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. It, it took me many years to come to playwriting. But in that interim period, before I came to playwriting, I was constantly like who asking, who am I and how do I identify? Mm. Um, I, I became a vegetarian at 20, partially because it made me different. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm a vegetarian now. It was easy for me to be a vegetarian because I didn't, I didn't grow up in a culture of, like, good food. Right. right? <laughs> uh, so it was easy to totally. give, give it up. But I also was just like, ah, look at me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I needed stuff like that. I didn't drink as a young person partially because I was afraid of like familial alcoholism, uh, oh, uh, yeah. I've, but I've also because yeah. <laughs> I was the only one who didn't, who drink. didn't drink. And that, I don't know how anybody perceived me, but that made me perceive myself as mm-hmm, mm-hmm. something. Totally. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, so years later, I didn't start writing plays until my early thirties. And, uh, I think stumbling on it after like, all these ten, like years of post undergrad life of trying some comedy, trying some theater acting, yeah. trying this and that. And then when I found that I had an aptitude for it and when I was doing it, uh, I loved it. I loved the process. Mm-hmm. I love that alone time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not painful for me to mm-hmm. like write a play. Like it is for some people yeah. who are like just painstakingly get through. And so uh, when I just started out, I credit Gary Garrison. Mm. I'm not sure if you know who Gary is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but he ran this Kennedy Center playwriting intensive, yeah. and I've talked about this on the show in the past, so apologies for anybody who <laughs> has heard the, me say this before, but um, when I was just beginning to, to write, I had been yeah. writing for less than a year, probably, maybe a year, I attended this summer playwright intensive at the Kennedy Center, and on day one, he made everybody declare that they are a playwright uh-huh. out loud, uh-huh. and I had never said it before, but but declaring it out loud for the first time made me feel something yeah and that's because i think that's partially because of the psychology i was bringing to it yeah somebody that was constantly seeking an identity and then to find this art form that i realized i loved and could do and then to like put a flag in it and say this is who i am and what i do it felt amazing and to have somebody tell me it's okay to do that right that I wasn't just doing it on my own and somebody else being like you gotta earn that shit right you know like here's a professional say telling me I need to declare this and so uh I've declared it and I've owned it ever since and uh that was the moment where uh I began because I didn't go to grad school until years after Mm -hmm. that but in this in the uh, intervening years, playwriting shifted from uh, when somebody asks me what I do using the day job that pays the bills as the defining right, characteristic. Right. Over time, I became a playwright right. in those conversations, right, right. too, uh, and then just owning it. Because oftentimes, especially when you talk to folks outside of our theater context, when they're asking you, what do you do? Right. They just mean, how do you earn money, money. Right, and right. pay bills? Right. And I don't care about that right I figure that stuff out and that's like yeah sometimes that's hustle sometimes that's just like 40 hours of my week <laughs> that I'm right. not, like right. that's not how I define myself yeah though. um so anyway yeah like I really proudly, proudly own it and I love it um and I'm so glad that I somehow found it through this series of like stumbling through yeah. stumbling through life yeah yeah it's interesting because I think I think in some ways, I own that I'm a writer mm-hmm. because I just love words so much. Mm-hmm. And that seems to me like I'm like, I don't know. Like sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I'm any good at this playwriting thing, y'all. Sorry. Like, you know, like I, like that's the, like, the delineation between the different forms sometimes for me is a little like, yeah. well, I don't know, you yeah, know? Yeah. But like, am I someone who like, loves to put words together. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like that feels like something I can more, I don't want to say truthfully, but that I can own and that I, you know, but I do, I do say I'm a playwright, but that one does feel like I'm like, I'm supposed to say this because that is what right. I do. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, right. You know, but, but yeah, but I think that's also like my insecurities. Like it's like, you know, I've run a marathon. Would I say I'm a runner? No. Right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I, I had this, like, idea of, like, if I'm claiming it, I, it has to be I'm writing every day or I'm running every, you know, I'm doing this thing um, to, like, the nth degree as opposed to just accepting the fact that, like, that's never been my process for, like, anything. Yeah. You know? Um yeah, but that's, you know, I've accepted that's like a lifelong thing. I, I hope I'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you ever imagine early on 
when playwriting started to become more central in your life, what yeah. a playwriting life would be no. like? No, I often think I've had the thought, this thought quite a bit in like the last like two or three years where I'm at a point now where like if I imagined things, they happened, which is crazy. And now I don't even know what to imagine. Yeah. Um, like, it's not like I thought this is what my playwriting life will look like. But, like, I didn't know or I didn't think to, like, I didn't dream of, like, having a review in the New York Times. Because, like, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe some people do dream of that. I did not. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But the idea that, like, my play was in the New York Times was, like, oh, my God. Like, okay. That was something you never imagined. You know? Um, the fact that, like, you know, like, I was traveling or do travel sometimes to go see my work in other places with people I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even know if I dreamed of that, but it did feel like when I, when it happened for the first time that I was like, Oh, I'm in this like level that I didn't even know. Um, and it's kind of beautiful way. Like I feel like the last, you know, few years there were just a number of things where I was like, Oh, I like didn't actively dream about this. Or like, maybe I did like in the shower every once in a while, yeah. you know? Uh, like how I still like practice like an Oscars speech, you know, right. yeah. you know, but like, like even like now that I like I'm in TV, like the idea that like, you know, when I saw my name for the first time in the credits, mm-hmm. it was like, I didn't actively dream about that, Yeah. but I sure as hell didn't think it would ever happen, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And now it's there, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm really answering your question, but it, it wasn't like. I I think I have a. Um, I can be a bit of a pessimist, so I don't necessarily let myself dream of the like. If you got everything you wanted in this arena, what would it look like? Because I'm right. like, no, I'm gonna jinx it. I can't think of that way, you know. Um, so I don't think I let myself do that. But like, I can certainly say like when I sat down to finish that play in 2011 I didn't know you know that you know now what 12 years later I'd be like yeah I write plays they happen you know people have seen them like that 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 just seems it still seems wackadoo to me um so yeah, I, 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 I both didn't imagine it and then things happened. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't imagine this, <laughs> you know? Um, and even now I'm sort of, people are like, well, like, what do you think is going to happen next? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm going to write a play. Hope people like it enough to put it on a stage, you know? Like, that's... Right. Every time that happens, it's still a crazy thing, you know? Um, do you feel successful? I feel there are times, there are definitely times when, like, I feel successful in that, like, ultimately what I wanted to do was sit down and write something to share with people, and I've gotten to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's that aspect of it. There's the, you know, um, you know, when I stepped into TV, that felt like another, like... Oh, like, who knew that you sitting down to write that play in 2011 
would lead you to a point where you're sitting in a writer's room with like the showrunner was an actor in a TV sh- in a movie that you really liked mm-hmm. <laughs> as like a kid. And like that felt like a, oh, a level of uh, success. But it doesn't like... I feel like I'll feel more successful like when I write the play that like really feels like the play. I don't know what that is, but like really feels like, no, you did, you did the work. You like interrogated, you've like worked your butt off and like, this is, this is the play that like feels like you, you, you did the, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, like that still feels like something I'm, reaching for it it doesn't even it doesn't even necessarily mean that that play is like will ever get seen by the world or anything it's just like from a writing perspective I feel like I'm not quite like I, I still have a I still have a long way to go in the craft of it mm-hmm. a lot to learn a lot to play with and a lot to like explore um you know um and that's exciting to me if not overwhelming because I'm like will you ever get there or is this one of those things that's like the play is never finished. We just eventually stop, right? You right. know? Um, but, like, yeah, I also know that I'd be a fool to be, like, I'm not successful, you know? Like, I definitely recognize that, like, I, I, there are things that, like, I've gotten to do that they're, you know, there are folks and friends of mine that are working on it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I um, respect that and, and feel honored and don't take that lightly, even if I'm sort of like, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm actually successful, you know? Right. Um, I love that you're in this place of uh, recognition of, uh, you know, you've earned what you've earned, but you're still evolving. Yeah. Uh, do you, because I recognize that in myself yeah. as well, so I really connect with what, with what you're saying. Uh, do you talk to your students about like a, a life in playwriting, right. what that might look like and ca- like to calibrate their expectations. Like, how do you talk about <laughs> it with, with them? I try. Um, well, for one, I feel like, and I feel kind of maybe lucky or maybe again, because I wasn't like, I'm going to do this a hundred percent in college that like, I wasn't feeling this way, but I feel like a lot of my students nowadays, and this is also probably a function of, of teaching in the New York area yeah. where everyone's sort of like, well, I need to find an agent and I need to do this and I need to do that. Like, can I take a year off to go do this other thing? Um, and so I feel like a lot of my like teaching is like, it's okay. Yeah. You don't like, I didn't finish the play until I was 25, you know, like, yeah. and even that's early, you know, like you don't have to um, go out there and do all the things right now. Like you taking that year off, it's going to make your play better, quite frankly, you know? Um, I don't think they listen to me, but I try to do that part to just like calm them because so many of their questions is like, how do I, how do I do this now? And and I understand. I'm like, I'm so frustrating to hear the like person who's doing it to be like, don't worry about it. You know, like don't rush or like keep writing. And um, so I'm like, I know you don't, you're not listening to me, but maybe one day in 20 years, you'll be like, you were right. (laughs) Um, So I do feel like I talk about it that way. Um, and then I think about um, one an assignment that I had to do in grad school. Um, it was in a class with Brandon Jacobs Jenkins, mm-hmm. and he made us 
read like all of Arthur Miller. Like we got like the complete works of Arthur Miller. He's like, we're going to read all of them, which to me was like, why? Um, <laughs> sorry, Arthur. Uh, just like not my like, yeah, not yeah. my, not, not, not my, not my guy. Um, but he made us read it all. And I, I feel like I've like mentioned it in every class um, where I said it was so enlightening because you look and you realize the place that we love or that people love or like from a 15 year period. But he wrote before and he wrote for decades after. Yeah. You also see he's obsessed with like four things, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, and they yeah. come out in different ways, but it's like, it's like four questions or you know, whatever you want to say that like he's wrestling with in these plays. You also see how like, you know, you reach a point and you're like, oh, this is probably not an appropriate play that, to write in this time anymore, you know? Um, and I just, and I, I, I always suggest it to my students of like, if there's a playwright that you love and they, they have a bunch of plays, like start reading all of them and just like notice that in yourself. Like, oh, I like plays from this period. I like plays in this period. But also notice how they have written before and after those yeah. times. Yeah. And I was like, so you, like, I feel like I learned in that assignment of like, you write, like you are a writer. You're going to wrestle with those questions. It like does not matter. <laughs> right. Like you're just, like, that is like what you are going to be drawn to do. And some people only might, might pay attention to you or might pay attention to a group of plays for only this amount of time, but you write despite that. Yeah. You know, um, and I don't know, like that assignment, especially for someone who was like not an Arthur Miller stan, really just had a like immense impact on me of like, I'm going to write even if I fade into oblivion, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, um, and I try to teach them that to just be like, this could be the time before <laughs> you know the like the plays that we know and take and nourish that time um you know it's not the time after because you're just starting so good job you know mm -hmm. um but like it's a long a life is a, a life of writing can be long and there can be a lot of different writing in there and a lot of exploration in there and like take the time and enjoy the time and also enjoy the fact that like we don't always get to, we are not the ones determining what the, that span of like people paying attention to you is, you know, it's not like, I'm like, now this is the play you all should love, you know? Yeah. Um, somebody else is, something else is it's, it's, you know, I think about my, my play behind the sheet. I happened to write it at a time when we were beginning to talk about, you know, black maternal mortality rates more like, I didn't know that was going to happen. That play maybe wouldn't have been produced had that not been a conversation that was happening in the news at the time. Like, I don't, I don't know. I didn't decide that, <laughs> you know? Um, we don't have the control over that. So, I don't know. I, like, I, I try to, like, share that with my students to just sort of be, like, writing. You can be writing f for the rest of your life and like do it and just know that like some of it's going to hit and some of it's not 
and somebody might be cringing at it, <laughs> you yeah, know, 50 years later. For sure. If somebody um, were to read your complete works, would oh, they no. identify four things that you are obsessed with? Oh, my with? God. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely think so. <laughs> so, you know, um, like, I, I am, there is the, like, I wanted to secretly be like an OBGYN at a time. So like I write plays in that arena theme. And then I think um, like I've noticed, I don't know if these are themes, but like somebody, I guess I think it was my parents pointed out. They were like, you never have two parents like in a play. (laughs) One is always like dead or gone. And I was like, fair point. And on the flip side, I often, like, have siblings that are really close. And I have, like, half-siblings that I didn't grow up with right. that I'm not as close to. And, and people are always like, oh, you must be really close to your, like, siblings. And I'm like, <laughs> no, they're, like, 10 years older than me. Like, we're closer now. But, like, right. this, is right. all, this is all projection. <laughs> so that there is probably something about, like, family dynamics that I'm, like, clearly working through, you know. Um, and, like, friendship. I, I, like, I, I feel like there's always, like, a good friend uh, somewhere. Um, but I'm sure there's other things. I have a, a dramaturg friend of mine, Nisi Aya. She is like joked about the like article she'll write on my works at some point. So I'm always like, like Nisi, tell me the things that I'm obsessed with. <laughs> like, what is the, what is that article going to be? Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I might not be a one trick pony, but I don't think I'm, more than a five trick pony at this point, <laughs> you know, because I'm because it's, it's what, you know, you sit down and you do it. And sometimes I'm like, Oh, the play is going here again, you know, but I am someone that sort of, I might fight it at first. There's a play that I like put down for like months. Cause I was like, I don't want it to end that way. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. It's not what the play I thought I was writing was about. And then I picked it up two months later and, finished it and that's what the play is about mm-hmm. you know um yeah my students don't tend to like it when i'm like We're, you're obsessed you're gonna find something there's gonna be something and even when you think you're not writing about it you've dressed it up as something else like right. if you're honest with yourself yeah it's still this question it's still this thing and i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing but it, it is like you know we all have our we all have our things. And I, and I actually do enjoy, like, sometimes reading friends of mine's work or, or other, you know, playwrights' work and just sort of being like, oh, there's, there it is. It's like a little, that one little line. Yeah. You know? Um, but that's also what makes our plays ours, you know, like, in a sappy way. I'm obsessed with these five things. That means it's going to come out. The pie that I bake is going to be a certain kind of pie, whereas, you know, her over there, she's obsessed with that thing, too. And so hers is going to look completely different. So as you enter this next phase of your of your life, yeah. Do you imagine what your relationship to your how your relationship to writing might evolve over the next, you know, months and yes. couple years? Yes. So what you know, those of you listening cannot see is that I'm quite pregnant. <laughs> um and so I've been thinking about it a lot. Um and just like what, what my writing practice on a very basic level will have to look like. Like I, I feel like 
you know, like reading about like Toni Morrison getting up at 5 a.m. to write before her kids got up. I was like, I've, I've always been like, oh, no, I don't think I'd be good at that, Tony. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so uh, there's a part of me that is just like, I don't. I don't know what that looks like just on a very practical uh in very practical way of like I, I I recognize that it's gonna change a lot of things and I don't know what that's gonna look like and I don't know I can be a person that can get very like routined. It doesn't usually last very long and I feel like this might be something that needs to last like eighteen years and I don't know how that's gonna work out. Um so like that is a uh like a question I have. I also just have it like you know, due the to the pandemic, like I actually, in a weird way, got to do more TV stuff over Zoom because that was what was happening. Um, and um, and actually, I don't know what it is, but I do think there's like a brain space that as a playwright, I need to be able to get into. And mm-hmm. it's been harder to get into the last few years. Like I had plays that have, I've written and have come out, but they have felt like a different kind of work than plays pre-pandemic have. Mm-hmm. So I just have a question of like, is that what it is now? It's like, is this, is it always going to feel like this? Or am I going to find that like, for lack of better word, flow that I had for some of the other work? Um, you know, I, I've like enjoyed being in the TV space, but it's also become very clear to me how like it can take over. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've always been someone, and I still feel very much like I feel like I can be a TV writer because I am a playwright because I have, I do have my plays to come back to, and if I don't do that, then I don't think I actually am a very good TV writer either. Um, and so I just have. I feel like the last year, if I'm very honest, has been very hard writing wise. And I just am sort of like, all right, like, where's the other side of this? Or is there not another side of it? And how, like, how do I have to, like, honestly grow and adapt and and be much clearer on, like, what I'm wanting to do? in my writing life and in my like, like, you know, you ask like, oh, did you hit the things that you imagine? I'm like, maybe you need to sit down and imagine what those things are so you actually are working towards that. Mm-hmm. Like I've kind of gotten to like, be like, oh, this cool opportunity, I'll do this. Oh, cool, this. And now it's like, no, no, girl, you gotta decide what you want this to look like because there are a number of little paths here and whether you think about it, whether you realize it or not, you're making choices. Yeah. Um, so I do feel like I'm in this like moment of like beautiful that the things are going to change and those change actually that those changes may actually necessitate a change in how I'm thinking about writing in my career in general. Um, but it's also a time where it feels like you need to kind of get clear on what you want. My, my husband's a musician and he was like, I'm doing a recording before you give birth (laughs) you know (laughs) and like uh and that has been his like sometimes to my annoyance (laughs) he's been like nope (laughs) like like this is what is happening you know uh and he was very clear on that he was like i want to make sure i do this you know i'm like 
you'll do it again. He's like, it doesn't matter. We're do- I'm doing this, you know? And there is something I like really um, admire about that where he was just like very clear. He's like, there's three musical things I want to make sure I do. Um, and I'm a little bit like, Ooh, I didn't do that. I don't know. Um, I also am not like all of, you know, he's like, is, is my career over? I'm like, your career is not over. We're, we'll be fine. <laughs> um, so I'm not there. So we're, we're, in a, so we're in different places. But I do sort of respect the, I, the fact that, like, he, like, has some things he knew he wanted to, like, hit on before this big thing comes. And um, I think I'm now hitting a point of, like, oh, you may not, like, get to do those things. But it's, it, should, it would behoove you to be a little clearer on, like, what you what what you love about this and what you want to be sitting in a room doing honestly paying for childcare for <laughs> yeah you know um i don't know if i'm answering your question but i do i just do feel at this open point but i also sort of feel like that's a little bit like other theater folks that i feel like i've talked to just because of the pandemic and the shifts that are happening in theater and places closing and people being laid off and and audiences not coming back the way that you know so on and so forth like I just feel like I've had lots of conversations with other playwright friends who are also like I love this this is my thing and I also don't know what this looks like in the next two years um so I do feel like I'm in like good company <laughs> of like I don't know what, what this is right now um, but I'm excited I'm also just excited to just sit with words it feels weird to say but like I'm on strike <laughs> um, as a TV writer there's some plays that I should be working on um, that you know my brain is like but <laughs> TikTok you know um, <laughs> We're working on being better about that. But I I am, like, for the first time in a while, I'm just sort of sitting being like, oh, like, that might make a good play. That might be a thing. Let me write that down and just, like, remember it in my journal. And I just haven't done that much in the last, like, two years. Thank you, Charlie, for spending time with me. It was a long time coming and well worth the wait. Check out her website to stay up to date on what she's got going on in addition to being a new parent. It's charlieyvonsimpson.com, C-H-A-R-L-Y-E-V-O-N-S-I-M-P-S-O-N.com. Thank you to Rob Weiner, Kent, Editor-in-Chief of American Theatre Magazine, a program of Theatre Communications Group. The Paper Magazine is back. Visit americantheatre.org or tcg.org to learn how you can get your hands on the actual magazine. This episode of The Subtext was produced by me and edited by the wonderful and multi-talented K.J. Jarbo. The theme song for The Subtext is High by International Pen Pal. Music from this episode is from the aforementioned K.J. Jarbo. And that's it. We did it. We made it to another end of another episode. Thank you for listening this far. The play filling me up this month is A Pig's Tale by Ricardo Soltero-Brown. I found this play on New Play Exchange, and so can you.